Well, welcome back to Two Pastors in a Mic. My name is Shannon. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're joining us today. As a matter of fact, today we actually have something new. Not only are we recording this podcast with uh, audio, but yep. we have a video element to For this sure. podcast. It only took us well. 107 episodes <laughs> to finally be online. So if you are listening to us in your car or watching us on YouTube or on TikTok, welcome. Yeah, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And if you haven't already and you have been following along with us in this journey, would you just leave a review? You can do that on Apple. If you're on Spotify, you can leave us a rating and we would really appreciate that. We get a little bit of affirmation and love that way. And so I would appreciate if you would do that this or week. Now you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is just our church page. Yeah. But do the dang thing. Yeah, I think not only will we have the podcast there, of course, we upload our sermons and any funny, cool videos that we want to put out there. Yeah. So if you want to see our body language, you can. I make fun of Shannon often <laughs> behind this microphone. But what's the question of the week? Yeah, question of the week, since we are on video this week, I thought it would be cool for us to talk about the most embarrassing moment that was caught on video with us. <laughs> no. And so whatever that may be, you know, whether it was a kid or recently, and I got a, honestly, I got a funny story, but I want to hear yours first. Well, I just preached and last week it was snowing. And so I was being a good servant and shoveling the church sidewalk for all of you to have safety. And I fell and it just happened to be in the window where our outside cameras <laughs> caught it. And yeah, so there's a fitting. But I don't actually yeah. get embarrassed from that stuff, although it's very funny. Yeah. I would say my biggest embarrassing moment actually is an embarrassing ministry moment. Shout out to Chandler Dale. I was interviewing Chandler Dale downtown on University of Louisville's campus. We were in the women's gym, center court, Cody Tevis videoing, and I had messed up a part. And I said, oh, I just effed that up. Let's cut that out. Yeah. Just like that. Didn't yeah. actually you say didn't the actually word. You didn't actually say the F word. No, I just said, I effed that up. But we were shooting for our middle school and high school, uh, a big event I was throwing on. It was called the um, the Rise Remix. It was a camp follow-up. Uh, uh, no, preview. Promotion. Promotion, yeah, camp promotion. I, I was there that night. I remember this. And so we fast forward to the night because Chandler couldn't be there in person, so we we're just going to show the video. And I, I'm watching, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I think this is the part that he should have edited out. Well, Cody thought he edited it out, didn't. <laughs> so in front of like 150 <laughs> students, you just see me you say, hey, I effed that, that up. <laughs> Let's cut. And oh. I just got up on stage because I was so embarrassed. I knew it was coming. I couldn't cut it off quick enough. So you see, hear it, you see it. And I just free-flowed this sermon, like a 10-minute sermon. But I, I was so And I remember you being rattled. And I you didn't crushed, have to be because- crushed. You literally just said, oh, I F that up. I know, like, but it was a bad example for the kids. Maybe a little bit, but also I think the kids appreciated you just being real. And that was eh, kind of like one of those behind the scenes No one moments. probably remembers it except for uh, Jenna. Shout out to Jenna in Waldron. <laughs> she always texts me about it. Remember that All one right. time? <laughs> yeah, I know. So for me, it was when I was a little kid. And man, I remember this so vividly. So the original NES came out, I think 1984. Man, you're, you're I ended up getting it in 85. 40 years ago. So yeah, I'm like six years old and I have Nintendo. You know, it comes with like that controller to play Duck Hunt and it had all these attachments. Oh, yeah. Well, a few years later, this probably was around 1989 or 90. So I'll say I'm 10 years old. Um, and it was the power pad. So you plugged it in like a controller, but it's set on the floor and it had like little buttons on it and it was flat and you ran on it. 
and you like hit the buttons and it would do certain things, jump, run. So there was this game that came out. It was like with the Olympics, it was like a track meet. And so you would like run as fast as you can on this little power pad. And it would actually, he's making fun of me because I'm tapping the table while I'm doing it. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) yeah, it's fine. So I'm just playing this game and it's like a hurdle game. You know, you run on it, jump, run on it, jump. Well, the thing is I'm 10 years old. And for those that didn't know me as a kid, I was a very chubby kid. I mean, I won't even say borderline obese. I was obese. And so I'm here, this little chubby and like overweight kid is running and everything's jiggling. Well, I remember I was playing this game and my parents came up with a VHS recorder. This is how old this was. They open the door and all they do is record me from the back and my back fat and my butt, my little chubby fat butt is just jiggling in these tight, tight gray sweatpants. So you see everything right in gray sweatpants <laughs> and it's just jiggling and going. So my parents caught this on film and it was a thing like right after they caught this on film, every single person that visited from the church, friends, family, they would pull out this VHS tape, man, I can't wait till you look at this. So they would pop it in and people were dying like They thought it was the funniest thing. I remember people like laughing so hard they were crying, but it was at my expense. And I remember getting so pissed. I'm just going to put this out there. I think I told my mom and dad this. I'm not sure. They had some other like homemade videos on this tape too, this VHS tape. Man, after about the seventh or eighth time they made fun of me. Well, they really weren't making fun of me, but people were laughing at me. I took it out to the woods, doused it with uh, lighter fluid and lit that fricker on fire because <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> hey, you, you want to do a counseling session after this? Uh, I might need that. Some childhood trauma? Yeah, it was traumatic. So there's but no I dealt way, with it. There's no way we could actually get that video back no. since you lit that thing up. No way. It's gone forever. <laughs> gone for, but wow. I, it, it was embarrassing. That's a shaming Just moment. Just me looking at your it. Childhood. It was embarrassing. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I don't know how to go on. No, it's okay. I didn't know you were going to share a traumatic experience. <laughs> well, it was just an embarrassing moment. <laughs> if I can go back to yours and then we'll go on. So you actually fell shoveling the sidewalk, but it was right in front of my office. You falling wasn't funny to me, but the way you got back up so quickly yeah. thinking, did anybody see me? And your first checking. look was right to my office because uh-huh. it was right out my window. <gasps> did Shannon see me? That was funny. It is funny. Well, this is last episode of our five-week series called The New Year, The New You, talking about the five Fs, influence from Rabbi Daniel Lapham's five Fs. Again, we've done all of his five Fs, but our own spin on it. Yeah. Fitness, finance, friendship, family. family. And today, we're going to talk about faith. It's going to be a juicy episode because I guarantee you, unless you're a part of Hill City Church, you probably haven't heard our opinions on faith, at least where we've been over the last two or three years. We're going to give you some insight. I'm actually going to quote some scripture for you today, show you some things uh, in regards to faith that, in my opinion, have grown my own faith tremendously, and it's not even about growing your own faith, which is kind of a weird statement to come up with. But we'll get into that. But I'm excited about this episode, too, because with those first four Fs, it was very practical. We gave Mm -hmm. you some practical advice, some practical help in growing and maturing in each of those areas. But this one really... It's not so much practical as it is we're going to have a spiritual bent to this one. And of course, this is two pastors and a mic. But really, as pastors, we are in the business of unwrapping religious grave clothes, so to speak. And we want to do that 
in this conversation around faith. Yep. Um, and specifically, before we even get to faith, we have to first talk about how we even process and think, right? Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so is he. And so your thought life is key and critical, right? And so if we think about the human race, the human race tends to live in the darkness of wrong belief, anxiety, projection, and misperception. Hmm. And the only thing fallen is our mind and how we think yep, about things. You're not fallen. And often we allow our m- minds um, really to be dark and anxious and in the imagination. And then we create this like false deity or this false God based on our perception in our minds. Yet this God can be very real to us. So, so real it becomes natural to us. And thereby we misperceive the heart of the father who mm-hmm. he truly is without even knowing it. We often rather believe what we think about ourselves than what God has to say about us in the conversation. Right. And not only do we mishear what comes from the father, but we also take our mishearing and then build our own version of God with it. That's back to that false deity. And this is so important because we have to, we have to process how we think about things and specifically in this conversation how we even think about faith. And I I wanted to set it up this way because how we're going to come across this conversation might be different than you've ever heard in the faith conversation. Yeah. And give us some grace as we have processed this, we're going to try and communicate it best you have. If you have questions, again, we're available in this conversation, but you came into staff meeting in 2021, which that was a really weird way to say 2021, (laughs) 2021 whole years ago. More, yeah, two whole years ago, and you shared something that I initially disagreed with because it was something I hadn't heard before, and it goes against kind of what I believed about faith, specifically mm-hmm. faith in Christ, which we're going to touch on. And I remember I was like, there's no way that's what it says. So I went and studied this thing out, and it was true. And I was like, "What? how come I had never heard about this? So much so that over the next several months, I had been processing this, studying it, having good conversations with people. And I decided to preach it. And I did preach it at our mm-hmm. church in Hill City in the fall of 2021 underneath our sermon series called Voices in the Dark. And I titled that sermon, you can go back and listen to it. It's going to be very similar to what we share here on the podcast today. But I titled it Made Worthy by Faith. However, which we've heard that statement all the time, made worthy yeah. by faith. Very poorly has the church talked about whose faith in the conversation. I mean, how many times have you heard it? I'm, I'm a pastor and I try not to say this, but I've heard it my whole life is, oh, you just have to have faith, brother, or yep. just trust or just believe. And I'm over here like- All the time. How? H- how do you just have faith or just believe? And I- I'm trying to just have faith and just believe. And so it's like, yeah, how do you get more faith or how am I going to just believe? I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I, and what I came to the conclusion after studying this out is I'm done feeling bad for not having great faith. And faith is so much more about a journey than mm-hmm. it is about a decision. And there are highs and there are lows. Some of them are circumstantial. I know I try to stay the thing that like I try to not let my outside circumstances affect my inward faith. I allow my inward faith to determine and and talk over my outside circumstances. And that's a great thing to say. It's cliche. That's probably goes on Twitter. You know, it's a retweetable thing to try to encourage other people, but But it's so hard to be in the middle of just craziness and then have that mindset for sure. And so I'm not so much talking about circumstances. What I'm talking about is 
understanding faith because first and foremost first and foremost faith is a person his name is Jesus and Jesus is your life and he has great faith on your behalf that's right I said that Jesus has great faith on your behalf and so we're just going to pull out four scripture verses right now there's a lot more but I actually have these pulled up so if you're you're probably not going to pull out a Bible, but you can come back to this episode. I'm going to encourage you to go to biblehub.com and check this out. Romans 3.22 is the first one. It says this in the NIV. It says, The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. However, when you look this up in the Greek, it doesn't say faith in Christ. It says faith from Christ which means it's not your, not faith. your faith. Romans 3:26 just a couple verses later. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. That's pretty clear in the Bible. However, when you look it up in the Greek, it doesn't say faith in Jesus. It says the faith of Jesus. Okay? Galatians 2.20, one of the most famous scripture yeah. verses in all of scripture. Yeah. Well, and this is what I came with yep. in the office that day. And this is really what started this whole adventure in discovering this idea that maybe there's more to faith than what we thought. Maybe it's not just about our faith. It's about his faith. And I'll just read that one yep. real quick because Galatians 2.20 says, For I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. The life I now live, I live by faith. And what I used to believe, it says faith in the Son who loved me and gave his life for me. But as you do a, a word search, open up Bible Hub, it isn't faith in Jesus. It's faith from Jesus, which changes the entire thing. The life I now live, I live by faith from the Son, who loved me and gave his life for me. It changes everything about faith in the conversation. Yeah, Galatians 3.22, the last one we'll look at is, but scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Again, in the original Greek, it doesn't say faith in Jesus. It says the faith from Jesus. So this should make you question some things because again, it's not talking about my faith in Christ. And my whole life I was taught, you have to have more faith, just to have faith in Jesus. But what if it's about noticing his faith in humanity? What if, what if you don't need more faith, rather you just need to rest in his faith? Because his faith is the basis of my faith. He will deliver you even when you don't have faith, right? That 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Which means it's a guaranteed thing in the Christian life that you will go through seasons of faithlessness. Right. But he remains faithful. Faith is not a work but the joyful acceptance of what Jesus has done on my behalf. So what if, what if this? What if your faith can only grow when you recognize it's not yours to grow, it's simply yours to grasp? Yeah, I love that. And here's why I love it. Because there are seasons and times where we go through life and our faith is weak or maybe we lack faith. But what you just said, like he remains faithful. And hopefully, I think I want to put this plug right here. We're not telling you to give up on faith. We're not telling you not to have faith or to abandon faith. And I think you're going to talk about that here in just a second. Really, we're talking about our faith in his faith. Mm -hmm. 
if that's how I can phrase, yeah. like that's exactly what we're talking about in this episode. It's a new way to look at faith. It's we have still want to be people of faith who have faith, but what is the object of our faith? Well, our faith is in his faith in us. I love that. Yeah, because people get scared with messages like this because they're like, oh, people are just going to abandon their faith if it's just God's faith in humanity. Or they'll say, oh, uh, I guess we don't need faith because it's not mine anyways. But as someone who has literally experienced this revelation, it has actually done the exact opposite, the exact opposite. Because my faith was strengthened tremendously when I recognized that it wasn't based on my own faith. And so, yes, I'm not saying spiritual disciplines are bad. They're great. You should do them. Uh, I'm not saying, oh, you shouldn't be contemplating and having conversations about faith and about God and about the Bible. No, those are all good things. We're pastors. Yes, we believe in those things. Spiritual disciplines are good. But yeah, it's, it's less about trying to grow your faith in your spiritual disciplines and more about grasping his faith, which is sufficient in every season of your life. Yeah. And it so takes you, this pressure off. Yeah. And so you would say in this grasping, this idea of his faith for us, you would say then that God has faith in humanity. A hundred percent. Like when God looks at you and sees you, he actually has faith for you. Yeah. You don't hear very many messages about um, people talking about God's faith in you. You hear a lot of messages about having faith in him. Right. But I, I wonder how different your spiritual journey would be if you recognize that he has enough faith for you, even when you don't feel like you have any faith at all, even yeah. if you don't want to have any faith at all. Yeah. And it's coming from the person who knows everything about you. And he still, when he looks at you, has faith in you and what he's called you to do. He has faith and confidence, right? Trust. That's what the word means for you to walk out yeah. what he's called you to do. And in my opinion, I think it's empowering. I'm sure there's somebody that disagrees out there, but there, it again, I said, it takes off this pressure. Because when you live in the Christian world, there's so much conversation around performance and just believing and making sure you're believing the right things. But who gets to determine what is right? Because there's 50,000 different denominations and they all believe different things and they all believe they're right. So which faith are we going to compare this to and whose faith? And right. I, there's just so much peace and just resting yeah. in his faith. And it would really clear up a lot if everyone would just focus more on his faith. Mm-hmm. instead of worrying about our own. Yeah. But I, I, I hear what you're saying, Corey. I think maybe this would be a good spot because most people will go right to Hebrews chapter 11, mm-hmm. right? The great faith chapter. It even tells us what faith is, um, right? In hoping and trusting uh, and really resting, even in the evidence not seen. Um, but specifically verse six, right? Yep. Because that verse says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right. So they'll go there and say, well, see, we do have to have faith because if you don't have faith, you can't even please God. So speak to that just for a minute. Yeah, true. Yeah. If we believe faith means having the right ideas and the right beliefs without ever doubting them, then then maybe we've misunderstood faith and doubt in that conversation. You see, what this means is uh, without faith in Jesus, it is impossible to agree with God. If you go look at the studies, like the the verbiage that is used here, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's not about recognizing that your faith can please God in our human understanding of pleasing. It's understanding that without faith, you cannot agree with what God has said about you because you don't believe it to be true. And so everything you're striving for in the arena of faith has already been given to you because of Jesus. And we refuse to believe it. You know, so when people keep working to try and please a God who is already pleased with them, they're missing what the gift is. They're yeah. missing the gift in Jesus himself. Without faith, 
You cannot bear fruit of his faith because it takes faith to embrace the kingdom of God and to put others first. It takes faith to love like Jesus because that's counter to uh, the human race, right? That's that's how I would. Well, also love, if we look at the inverse of this verse, well, I've never said it like that. The inverse, like the opposite way to look at this. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, saying the opposite then must be true. With faith, it is pleasing to God. Yeah. So then what aspect of that is pleasing to God? I think what we're talking about here, it's our faith and his faith. When we believe that he is who he says he is, that he is a good dad and we see him that way and we trust him and his faith for us and that reciprocal uh, relationship where it's mutually beneficial, like we believe he's good, but guess what? He believes we are good and he sees us that way. And that's the faith that we're talking about. Right. The faith that like as a dad, right? I, I I have four sons. And what is most pleasing to me when it comes to my relationship with my kids is number one, them seeing themselves as somebody important, them seeing themselves as somebody who's worthy, who's accepted, not broken, like all of that. When I see them carry themselves in this way, that is like the most pleasing thing mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And then knowing that when they have trust in their dad to care for them, to be there for them, like in that type of relationship, like that's what pleases me the most. So if we can relate that a little bit right to our relationship with God, I think it's the same. Yeah. When we view ourselves how he sees us, that pleases him more than anything else. For sure. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Jesus didn't say that they will know you are the disciples of Jesus by your faith or by your knowledge of scripture or by your ability to believe the right things. No, it was very simple. He said, you'll know that you're the disciples by your love for one another. And so if you're in this season where you don't know what you believe, or you're in this journey of faith trying to figure things out, or maybe you're like us, where our faith has drastically shifted and changed over the last 10 years, I think it's really important to understand that, yeah, faith is a journey. And some of the hardest things is unlearning things you were taught wrong, But at the end of the day, you have to understand what the gospel is because the gospel does not demand your faith. The gospel supplies it for you. Hmm. And his name is Jesus. And he has enough faith for all of us, especially when you're in seasons of you don't know what you believe and why. The gospel is not an invitation to accept Jesus. The gospel is a declaration that the Father has already accepted you, even if you don't know what you believe right now. And I think those phrases are what empower people to actually grow their faith. Because when you believe that, wow, I don't actually have to work for this. Watch your individual faith grow as you grasp his faith. Yeah, and that is actually good news. That is not an invitation. It's a declaration that the Father has accepted you. And so what we're saying in in increasing and growing your faith and maturing your faith, it's grasping his faith. Hmm. And as you begin to do that, you'll know without a shadow of a doubt that you actually are accepted and loved yeah. and loved. And that's where we want you to be. Yeah. You're made worthy by his faith. So don't worry about your worth. Don't worry about your value. It's already given to you in Jesus. That's the gift. Just accept it. And if you don't accept it, you'll walk around trying to earn something that has always been yours from the very beginning. Yeah, I love that. And so if this episode was thought provoking, if this episode challenged you in any way, or if you think someone else might benefit from this episode, go ahead and share that with them. Start that conversation with a friend, a family family member, a coworker, whoever that may be. And just know above all else, you're loved 
and there's nothing you can do about it.